0: good morning Ooh. we can turn that down just a little bit i got bad news for you we don't have video announcements today you get me sorry about that huh <laughs> oh yeah we could do that <laughs> i i didn't think about having the choir do a, a live video announcement Let's can you do a live video announcement about Wednesday night starting up this week? Oh. You... No? No, okay. Um, so so um, just a few announcements. Um, Wednesday night live, uh, children's ministry starts up again this Wednesday night, so don't forget that. Uh, table talk begins not this Sunday, but a week from Sunday, um, And that is, um, if you haven't participated in that in the past, um, we will be uh, starting this new series. And so it was a great time um, at six thirty on Sunday nights. Is that right? Come on, Morgan, you got to help me out. Or is it six? Is it six? It's six. You you folks who go have got to help me out. It's 6 o'clock on Sunday nights, um, and it is at the education uh, building. So uh, if you're interested in participating in a group that kind of goes a little bit deeper um, on the sermon topic, then um, show up next Sunday. Um, And then it says, we also need help updating the directory with address, uh, phone, and or email changes. And so if your address, email, phone number, any of that's changed, please be sure to um, fill out the uh, attendance sheet, and make a note of that on here. Um, And then uh, you'll be invited to uh, drop that in the offering when you come forward for communion. (sighs) Ah, what else do I have? Oh, I know, one more thing. Um, Some of you may have heard, um, this weekend, actually I think it was Friday, there was a press release from the United Methodist Church um, that... um, if, if you've been in a cocoon, you may not know this, um, but uh, United Methodist Church has been dealing with issues around human sexuality, and, um, and so in trying to figure out how we go forward from there, there was a, a group from um, progressive centrist traditionalists who um, have been meeting apparently for about a year, and sometime in December, uh, they came up with a proposal and a protocol for how the church can move forward. And they put that out there. And, um, and so um, my practice is um, to have conversation about that sooner rather than later. And so on February the 5th, I think it is, the first Sunday in February, it's not the 5th, 2nd, um, the, the first Sunday in February, you'll be invited to stay after worship service. We'll have a, a another a town hall kind of meeting where we'll talk about Um, local church issues. But as part of that, I'm going to tell you what I know about what's been proposed um, and just share with you what I understand about the process so that uh, we can be informed, um, because I think it's important that um, we're all informed about what's going on. And so uh, I just encourage you to mark your calendar for that. In the meantime, if you read that press release um, and you've got questions, please come and see me. I just remind you, it's a proposal. Um, Uh, Nothing will be final until General Conference meets in May, and so that's just a proposal that will be presented, hopefully will be presented in May, um, maybe along with other ones. But um, just for your information, mark your calendars for that. Uh, Seems like I'm forgetting something. Oh, I know what I'm forgetting. Why are we here? How could I forget that? It is great to be back in this place where we gather together in anticipation and expectation that Christ meets us here. Where we join together in expectation and anticipation of the Holy Spirit coming to speak to us and to touch us and to shape us and to form us so that we might be the people of God a people who seek to connect with God and each other and to grow with God and each other so that we can go empowered by the Spirit to make a difference in the lives of other people. And so let us stand as the acolytes come forward and celebrate Christ's presence with us this day. We just thank you for this opportunity to gather in this space. Indeed, Lord, we ask as we gather here that you would open up our minds, open up our hearts, open up the very depths of our soul, that we may experience the presence of your Spirit among us this day, and that we might know when we go forth from here that we have been refreshed and revived um, to be your people in this upside-down world. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen. And now let us join our voices together as we sing, This is my Father's world.
1: Father, we thank you so much for this moment in this place that we can come and be in your presence, Lord, and as we gather, uh, there's a, many that are not here with us this morning because of sickness and flu and a lot of the the little things that go around, Lord, that uh, that seem to happen this time of year. I pray that you strengthen us, help us to be well and healthy, and help us to make it through this season, uh, Lord, with your grace and your mercy. and uh, Reminding us that in those moments of sickness or just those times that we are down, those times that we are run down, and those times after this holiday season, so many times we're so stressed and burdened more than we were entering the holiday season, which is not what the holiday season's supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about rest and your love and grace. But we find ourselves run down at the end. Lift us up. Build us up. Encourage us. Come to us and remind us that you are with us in all places at all times, that your grace is showering upon us, your love is filling us. Your strength, your power is guiding us through. We thank you so much, Lord, for this day as we come, Lord, and this church, this family that you have brought together. We are all so thankful to be a part of it, thankful for the friends and the loved ones that you have gathered within This church, with uncertainties around the larger church, I just pray that you strengthen us within. That this church, this body of Christ here in itself is strengthened to continue to do your work. That outside distractions would not take away from us trying to reach people in this community that the outside noise would not distract us from trying to do your will and worship you and bring your loving presence into the lives of people in Cameron, Missouri. Father God, we thank you so much. You are a wonderful God. It is our honor to worship you and serve you. It is our honor to be your people. Help us to just focus on that, the honor of being your people as we come to worship you this morning and we lift up our prayers in the way jesus taught us how to pray our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let's all lift our voices in good, good Father. to come forward for the children's moment. Everyone else, take a moment to greet someone around you.
0: Well, hello there. How are you all doing? Good? Hey, I'm going to share. I See what I got for Christmas? You, you know what these are? Huh? No. They're not really head. They look like headphones, right? But they're, they're earmuffs. You know what they're for? What? What? I can't hear you. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wait. Oh, I can hear better now. To keep, to keep my ears warm? They probably do that. They're also to keep in the winter. Ah, so like if you shoot a gun or you're mowing the lawn or something like that. They, they, they reduce the noise, right? They make it harder for you to hear, right? Sometimes we walk around as if we have headphones on, don't we? You know what I mean? Like sometimes when your parents tell you something, you, don't, you, don't, you act like you got headphones on, right? You're, you're like, are you speaking a foreign language or what? Huh? So, I I mean, what, do you all know everything you need to know to live well in the world? I mean, do you know everything you need to know? You still have things to learn? Huh. Where do you think you learn those things? Huh? At home? At church, right? At school? Lots of places, right? You learn about the, but you know what? If you always walk around like that. You don't hear very well, do you? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And sometimes you walk around, maybe not with literal muffs on, but you walk around and you don't hear. Sometimes that's how it is when we hear um, what Jesus has to say, isn't it? Sometimes we just walk around as, and it goes in one ear and out the other ear or we just don't hear it, right? Why do you think That are parents or Jesus, what do you think? Why do you think uh, people kind of give you rules and tell you what to do? And why do you think they do that? To keep you safe? safe? You're not going to tell me, but you're going to tell me something else. Well, I'm just going to. What's that? Aha, uh-huh, you're right. When you put these on, you can't hear. Yes, why else might, might um, people tell you things to do? Like, do your parents tell you not to go in the street just because they, you know, just for the fun of it, they just want to make a rule up for you to follow? Why no, do they? No, they don't get right to keep safe. Exactly. Yes, sir. You have nothing? You're just going to raise your hand? Give me a high five. All right, that works for me. Yes. To help you learn, right, so that you can live life better, right? Yes, uh huh. <laughs> to keep you safe, uh huh. Oh, okay. I'm not sure what that has to do with listening, but you, yeah, okay. You let your dad take care of that, though, right? <laughs> okay. Yes? God keeps us safe because we're all. Good guys. Oh, good. God likes to keep us safe. Uh huh. So we can learn a lesson. Okay. So, So you see, often we talk about learning about what Jesus has to teach us, and sometimes we just think, well, he just gives us these rules that we better follow or else. Isn't that sometimes how we think about it? But in reality, what Jesus wants to teach us is how to. One more thing. Do you know like, you why know I like Lego Joker so much?
2: Cause, because I am really like that video game I got from Santa. TT Lego
0: DC Super Villains. I don't. It's good to be back. It's good. Okay. <laughs> okay. Can I finish? Yeah. Okay, thank you. I'm going to finish up. Is that okay? Yeah. I think. Although, maybe we'll just hang out up here all day. Now he wants So, So, my point is... It's good to listen. Yes? Can you do that? Can you listen? Over the next few weeks, we're going to be listening to some of Jesus' most important teaching... And it doesn't do any good if we let it go in one ear and out the other. Or if we come to church with headphones on. Right? Earmuffs. Earmuffs. Thank you. They're not headphones. (sighs) Man, I tell you. He's listening. Give me... He is listening. Um, so it's important for us to listen and to pay attention because there's important lessons for us to learn on how to live life well, especially in this world that seems to be kind of messed up so often. Yes? Okay. I've got one more thing I want you to help me do. There they are. Okay. You know what these are? Those are shahs, Okay. And, and there are people in the church who make these. And you know what they do with them? Anybody know? Huh? They give them... When people are sick or in the hospital, we take them to people. And, then, and, and so then when people like... Oh, man. Let me keep this one. So when people put them around, they can be reminded that God loves them and that we love them. And it's a reminder... Uh, of that. And so here is what we like to do with these, though. We like to pray over them. So you all are going to help me pray over these, okay? So gather around. Everybody stand up. Come here. Gather around in a circle. Everybody try to put your hands in here. Some of you come around to this side. I going to tell you. Okay, you're going to have to wait, okay? okay. Can you wait? I to tell you too. Okay, oh my. I'm gonna wait too. Oh, you're going to wait too, okay. All right, ready? Let's pray. You're going to be with me? Gracious God, Pour out, your Pour out your spirit upon these
2: shahs
0: and upon the people that might receive them, so that they will know, so
2: that, they will know
0: that, God loves them
2: that God loves them and that we love them.
0: And that we love them. In Jesus' name, In Jesus name. Amen. amen. You all are awesome. Now you got it? All right. Are you singing now? Yes, okay. Singing. <laughs> and they're earmuffs. Thank you for straightening me out. Amen. Thank you. Well, Christmas is over. Now what? Well, the Super Bowl's only four weeks away. <coughs> Lent's seven weeks away, and Easter's 14 weeks away. Um, what are we going to do with ourselves between now and Easter? Any suggestions? I mean, maybe we should just call church off and just wait and come back during Lent. What do you think? No? You all aren't signing up for that? Some of you might, maybe. I don't know. You you know, too often it seems to me as if we think um, that Jesus was born and, and nothing that happens in between Jesus' birth and his death are really that important. We 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 almost seem on this side of the resurrection. We like to run off, run, run to Paul and, and begin to talk about the resurrection because we almost seems like on this side of the resurrection we treat Jesus' teaching as if it was simply meant to be uh, Jesus' teaching and healing was simply meant to show that he was God's son, that somehow he was divine, or or we treat Jesus' teaching. As if, well, the whole purpose of it was for Jesus to tell us how bad we are so that we would know that we need to be forgiven. And then to turn around and say, but don't worry about it. I've taken care of it. I died for you so that uh, you can just believe that I'm God's son, believe that I died for you, and when you die, you'll rise again and go to heaven like me. And we act as if that's the gist of Jesus' teaching. We act as if all that Jesus was concerned about was that we would be prepared to go to heaven when we die. And that until then, we just kind of hang on and survive. And so I don't know, maybe between now and Easter, we just need to do messages about hanging on and surviving. No, probably not. See, I don't think that was Jesus' intent, though. Do you? I mean, I know that's how we hear it often, but I don't think that that was Jesus' intent. I don't think his teaching and his uh, walking here on this earth was simply about telling us that we're bad people and that we need to be forgiven, but don't worry about it. Just trust that he's God and that he died for us, and all will be okay when we die. And until then, the best we can do is just hang on and survive. And so, um, over the next few weeks, we are going to unpack one of Jesus' most significant teachings, It's found in Matthews chapter 5, 6, and 7. We know it as the Sermon on the Mount. But today, before we dig into the Sermon on the Mount, I thought it might be good for us to prepare ourselves to hear Jesus' words. Does that make sense? See, I, I think sometimes... Um, It's just as important to prepare ourselves to hear Jesus' teaching so that when we read it, we are better able to let it sink in and shape us and form us. And so um, it might be good for us to just look at what goes on in the first four chapters of Matthew. Can we do that today? You know, in Matthew chapter 1, um, in Matthew chapter 1, we have this long genealogy, which I'm sure that all of you read once a week, right? Maybe not. We've got this long genealogy, which connects Jesus to Abraham. And then we have a birth narrative in Matthew chapter 1. You know, we, we spent Advent reading from Luke. And Luke has these appearance of all these angels, of the angel Gabriel to uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth and then to Mary. Well, in Matthew, we get a narrative where um, an angel comes to Joseph. And uh, just this very brief narrative, and then Jesus is born. And then in uh, chapter 2, we get the story of the the magi, the wise men, or the astrologers is what they really were. In fact, on this Sunday, most of the time, this is what the sermon would be about, because this is Epiphany Sunday, and this is a Sunday in which we usually celebrate these astrologers who came seeking, seeking to find the King of the Jews, who they thought that this star was pointing to. And so we hear that story in, in um, Matthew chapter 2, and we begin to see this clash of kingdoms. We begin to see this clash of kingdoms where the astrologers go first to Jerusalem and speak with Herod, and, and then they're supposed to come back and tell Herod where the child is because Herod says he wants to go worship the king. In reality, what happens is the astrologers don't come back and so Herod goes out to seek this child that has been born, that has been declared, um, or, or that these astrologers say will be the king of the Jews because he sees him as a threat to his kingdom. And so he goes out to kill all of these kids that are two years older. old. You, you know, the Magi didn't come at the birth. They came about two years later is when they came. Um, but, but fortunately... Um, Joseph and Mary and Jesus, they have escaped to Egypt, and so they are saved. And so we hear about that in chapter two, and, and we hear about them coming back and settling in Nazareth, and we don't hear anything else about Jesus for a whole chapter. And then in chapter three, in chapter three, um, we, we, we read these words. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the desert of Judea announcing, repent or change your hearts and lives. Here comes the kingdom of God. He was the one whom Isaiah the prophet spoke of when he said, the voice of one shouting in the wilderness will prepare the way of the Lord and make his paths straight. In Matthew, we don't get a birth narrative of John the Baptist. We just get John the Baptist appearing on the scene, suddenly proclaiming that God is doing something new, that in fact God's kingdom is here. God's kingdom is coming here, has come here, and it's time for people to repent, that is, to change directions, to change their hearts and their lives. Do you notice? John the Baptist doesn't say, Hey, God's coming. So that you can go to heaven when you die. He says the kingdom of heaven has come to be here. And I've come to prepare you. Because he realized that this was uh, something that the people weren't ready for. And they needed some preparation. And so um, this is what happens. And he's baptizing people. Um, And encouraging them to realign themselves with God in God's ways. Because because the religious leaders, because um, the Roman government, um, because the people had failed to align themselves with God. And at the end of that chapter, we see that Jesus comes and Jesus is baptized by John the baptizer. Now, we don't know what to do with that. Because we know that Jesus didn't need to be forgiven, right? See, I think Jesus is coming to be baptized to show that he is on board and fully willing to be aligned with God's purposes and ways in the world. It's a way in which his ministry actually is inaugurated. And when he comes up out of the water, the Spirit comes down upon him. And then in chapter 4, we see that Jesus... Goes out into the wilderness, led by the Holy Spirit, where he experiences temptation. See, Matthew wants to point out that Jesus comes, that God comes in the person of Jesus, and he is involved in all of life like we are. He experiences a baptism. He experiences a temptation. And immediately after being tempted, in chapter 4, we are told now that that Jesus heard that John had been arrested. And so Jesus goes to Galilee. He left Nazareth, and he settled in Capernaum, which lies along the sea near uh, Naphtali. And this fulfilled what Isaiah was saying. And this is what Jesus said. From this time forward, Jesus began to announce Just believe in me and you'll go to heaven when you die. No? Some of you were like, following. (laughs) Repent. Change your hearts and lives. Here comes the kingdom of God. Not wait until you die. Here comes the kingdom of God now. Here comes the kingdom of God now. Now, Jesus announces the kingdom and the saving presence of God has arrived in this upside down and broken world. And immediately after that, what does Jesus do? He goes through the countryside and he calls people to come and follow. He begins to call and to shape a community of people to be around him. A community of people who will learn from him. A community of people who, after his death, will carry on his proclamation that the kingdom is here. And then immediately after that, we read um, that Jesus traveled through Galilee teaching in the synagogues. He announced the good news of the kingdom. Not only did he announce it, but he demonstrated it because he healed diseases and sickness among the people and news about him spread throughout Syria. And so people brought more uh, people with sickness and diseases and he healed them. And large crowds followed Jesus wherever he went. Not only did he come just to proclaim it, but he came to demonstrate it and to manifest the kingdom of God breaking into this world bringing healing and hope to a broken and hurting world. And then we're told in chapter 5, Jesus saw the crowds, he went up a mountain, and he sat down, and he began to teach. It's that teaching that we'll begin to look at over the next few weeks. But do you hear? Jesus came... And he talked about the kingdom of God. So guess what his sermon and his message is going to be about? It's going to be about the reign of God, about the kingdom of God. And it's not going to be about the kingdom of God in heaven or the kingdom of God after we die. It's going to be about the kingdom of God that has broken into this world and is still existing in this world. Shaping and forming people. However, we might understand what Jesus did between that first Christmas and that first Easter. He proclaimed the kingdom of God. He manifested in his healing and his casting out of demons, and he taught about it, and he empowered and sent his disciples to proclaim it and to manifest it and to teach it also. Guess who his disciples are today? Anybody know? They're us. So this sermon is just important for us today. This message from Matthew 5, 6, and 7 are just as important for us today as they were for the people then. But it's also important that we hear the sermon correctly. We get this, version, this vision of Jesus goes up on a mountain. What does that remind us of? Anybody? Does that remind us of Moses? Moses going up on the mountain to get the Ten Commandments? To to hear from God? So we get this vision that somehow Jesus' teaching is going to be significant. In fact, the early church found this section of Matthew to be foundational for our understanding of Christianity. But this teaching, it's not just a new list of rules that replaces the Ten Commandments. It is a sermon filled with examples and illustrations of what it looks like for people to live out the kingdom here and now. It is not a sermon that tells us how bad we are and how much we need to avoid sin, but it is a message that encourages us to know not only have we been forgiven, but we have been empowered empowered to live and to love like Jesus. It is a sermon that encourages us to flourish even in a fallen and broken world. It is not a comprehensive answer book or rule book. It is not a step-by-step how to live in this world. It's this series of illustrations and, and for example, case studies of life under God's reign here and now. It is given to us to encourage us to capture this vision. This vision of what it looks like to live under the reign of God, empowered by his spirit here and now in this world. It's not a sermon about some utopian um, place that we go. It is a sermon that realizes uh, that the kingdom of God is breaking into this very real world. And it sketches, it sketches out what this alternative community and this alternative way of life might look like, even in the midst of a fallen and broken world. It is a sermon that is intended to inform and to form us. But you know what? If we come to it with these on or we come to it with some preconceived notion that it really isn't that important because all that matters is that we believe that Jesus is God and that he died for us and that we're going to go to heaven when we die and what happens between now and then really isn't significant. We truly have missed the gospel message For you see, in the middle of this sermon, there's this prayer that we do every week. Yes? And it goes something like this, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Um, May we go to heaven when we die. Wait a second. It says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? Where? On earth as it is in heaven. And heaven is simply where God reigns. We say that prayer every week. This sermon is a reminder that God's goal was not to have humans go to some heaven. In fact, in Revelation... What happens? It's a new heaven and a new earth. Where do we end up? On the new earth. Not in some heavenly realm. Um, singing songs on some golden streets or whatever, whatever we've, we've convinced ourselves. God's goal has always been to unite heaven and earth to bring heaven here on earth that's what happened in jesus isn't it heaven came to earth the kingdom of god arrived people experienced healing and wholeness and hope It really is a sermon that encourages us and teaches us how to flourish in this upside-down world. It's also a sermon that redefines what flourish means. It doesn't define flourish in a worldly sense. In Jesus' teaching and in his life, He demonstrated and he taught about a different way of existing with each other. Not a way that depends on might and violence, but a way in which the community that he called is called to be the salt and the light and the leaven. A people Who proclaim the kingdom of God, who manifest the kingdom of God, who teach that the kingdom of God is about love and grace and peace and wholeness and well-being. I invite you this week pick up your Bibles begin to read Matthew chapter 5 in fact, I invite you uh, this afternoon go home, read five, six, and seven, three chapters. You can do it before the football games start. Begin over this next six weeks to read Matthew five, six, and seven over and over and over again. Come back both as you read and as you join in worship on Sunday, with open ears and open hearts. Come prepared to hear Jesus share with us how it is that we can exist as a community that doesn't just wait until we get to heaven to enjoy the presence of God, but a people who live in the presence of God now so that we might flourish and so that this upside-down, broken world might experience healing, hope, and wholeness. May we seek to be the people of God this day and every day. Amen. Now you ready for communion? Yes? yes? Amen. I know who it is. I'm ready too. Gracious God. Forgive us for those times when we think that you just call us to hang on and to survive while we're here. Forgive us for those times when we think that we're just called to do our own thing rather than be shaped and formed by you. Forgive us. Empower us by your Holy Spirit that we may hear your words, that we may put them into practice, and that we May join the Holy Spirit in proclaiming and manifesting and teaching about your kingdom. Amen. And now, the Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We
2: lift them up to the Lord.
0: Let us give thanks to the Lord our God.
2: It is right to give our thanks and
0: grace. Indeed, it is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You delivered your people from captivity. You made a covenant to be their sovereign God and you brought them to a land that was your gift to them. You raise us up, making us a light to the nations that through us, others might know your ways and experience your love and your grace. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and we join in their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Indeed, holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, who lived and manifest and taught us how we might flourish in this upside-down world how we might offer hope and healing to others. By the baptism of Jesus' suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church. You delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and you made with us a new covenant by water and by spirit. On the night in which Jesus gave himself for us, he took the bread, broke it, gave it to his disciples and said, Take eat. This is my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After the supper, he took the cup. Again, he gave thanks. He said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me. And so it is, in remembrance of of these mighty acts in Jesus Christ, in his coming and proclaiming and manifesting and teaching us that we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ, offering ourselves as we proclaim the great mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ Christ is risen. Christ will come come again. Indeed. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon those gathered here. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon this gift of bread and cup. That they may be for us the body and blood of Christ. So that we might be your Holy Church. That we might be the body of Christ. Redeemed by his blood. Empowered by the Spirit. So that your kingdom might come here on earth as it is in heaven. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all all the world until Christ shall come again in final victory, and we will feast at that heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, may all honor and glory be yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen if those who are helping with communion will come forward. You might be his kingdom here and now. Body and blood of Christ. Given that you might be his body for this world. Body and blood of Christ. Given that you might be his ambassadors and agent here in this world. Body and blood of Christ. Given that you might be his agent and his ambassador. Thank you. We thank you for this, uh, this meal, this mystery in which you share yourself with us. We thank you for the bread and for the cup, and we entrust that having, having partaken, that your spirit works in deep and mysterious ways within us, continuing to invite us, and empower us to be agents of your inbreaking kingdom and your love and your grace here and now. In Christ's name, amen. Now let us stand and join our voices together as we sing there is a wideness in God's mercy. First disciples, we are called to spend time with Jesus, to be enlightened and taught by his word so that we might go forth into the world to share his love and his grace with others. Go, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, to live and to love like Jesus. Amen.